Hey, what's up, everybody? I am John Ricard. This is Camera Work Podcast. So last week, for two weeks in a row, actually, I talked about this concept of what is a good opportunity. And the short version of it goes like this. I said, there are things that you automatically think are a good opportunity. You're a wedding photographer and a friend refers you to a new client. They're paying the same rate that all your other clients pay. That's a good opportunity for you. You figure it's a new client. Maybe that client is going to pay a higher rate than you normally charge. They're paying 10% higher for whatever reason. Your friend told them a higher rate or you negotiated a higher rate. You think that's a good opportunity. And that makes sense. But I was making this point that sometimes I think we don't look at good opportunity. We don't judge opportunities properly because we're looking in this one lane for an opportunity. So again, if you're a wedding photographer now and I come to you and I say, hey, uh, I have a client that needs some shoes photographed. It's still photography. It's not a wedding. Do you want that job? You might not think that's a good opportunity because you say I'm not a wedding photographer, so that's not a good opportunity. All I'm trying to say on a podcast is when something different like that comes along, Maybe that's a fantastic opportunity, something you weren't thinking of, something that's out of your box, something that you weren't expecting. Maybe that's a fantastic opportunity. Doesn't mean it is. Like if I were a wedding photographer and you came to me with a still shoot, a product shoot, I wouldn't take that opportunity. It's not a good opportunity. But certain other things that I might offer you or that might come your way might be great opportunities that you don't think of them as being good opportunities because your brain is thinking what well, should be in your lane already. So I told the story about a model who was visiting from Miami to New York, and she decided to do some New York Fashion Week shows rather than do a test shoot at my studio. And I made this point that maybe that was a smart opportunity on her part, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe she would have been better off coming to my studio and do a test shoot that was 100% focused on her rather than her being one out of 20 people in a fashion show where maybe she wasn't even getting paid. So I thought this was interesting. And I was actually, when I told that story, there was a specific model that I was thinking of in my mind who had traveled from Miami to New York for Fashion Week. There was a specific model, I just didn't name her. But about two weeks after Fashion Week ended, a different model wrote this on her Instagram. And I just thought it was so funny because it was exactly what I was saying on a podcast a week earlier. So this, this model wrote, she says, it's, she has a picture of her on set in my studio. It's like a BTS picture of her in my studio where she's about to be photographed by me. And she wrote, I have only been able to find one picture on the runway so far. So here's a BTS shot from the other day working with John Ricard. Had a blast on set with you. So she says, I did a fashion show, but I've only been able to find one photo from that fashion show. So here's a BTS picture of me in John Ricard's studio. That caption is, you gotta, maybe you have to go back and listen to the episode, but that caption is exactly what I was talking about on a podcast because I said this model might go to the fashion show and they don't even give her, and they don't even bother to give her pictures from the fashion show. So what did she get? 30 seconds of walking when everybody's looking at their phone and nobody even knows who she is. And the show is not about her. It's, 19 other models and the show was about the clothing in theory at least it's about the clothing so i just thought that was funny to me that here i made this point and then a model post on her instagram hey i did a fashion show and i don't have any pictures from it i don't have anything to show for it so here's me on set with john ricard i thought it was funny it was exactly the point that i was trying to make so maybe there's some value in this podcast every now and then we hit upon something that actually makes sense right Today I did a workshop, we just finished it. Everyone left about an hour ago. I talked about 
doing a workshop in the last episode, I mentioned that we scheduled a workshop. We had 10 photographers come down. It's a boudoir workshop. You come, you shoot a pretty girl in lingerie, and we give you some really good information about lighting and some really good information about posing. Not gonna just throw you in front of a model or throw a model in front of you and let you just go crazy and take bad photos. I'm gonna make sure you know what you're doing and why we use certain types of hard light and soft light and different light modifiers and give you some really good tips on how to pose the model. But the one we did last week, the models didn't show up. We're standing there and I'm saying, boy, this, this is bad. I'm looking at my watch and the two models haven't shown up. Neither one showed up. Came out, it ended up being okay. I refunded everyone's money. But anyway, so we redid that workshop today. It was amazing. We had, I wanted to cap it at eight people, but we made a mistake and we didn't cap it. So we ended up with 10 people. And it was fantastic. They were so cooperative and they were so working together and you know listening to the information and taking the time to have some fun taking pictures and the two models um, maybe I'll put their Instagrams up or something but it was Karen and Zoe were so good they were so comfortable in front of everyone and just enjoying being photographed and both of them said they learned a little bit about posing things they didn't even realize they were doing that weren't making their body things they were doing that didn't really flatter their own body and like listening to me explain how, the, how to pose them gave them ideas on how to pose themselves in the future. So that was a, just such a great experience. I'm so glad that that worked out the way it did. Sometimes I see people do photo workshops where you have an opportunity to shoot and all they're doing is taking your money and giving you a place to shoot and there's no education component. And for me, that never feels right. I always feel that there should be an education component. It, it, should be something more than just shooting if the people attending don't really know how to shoot. And I had a couple of people at the workshop who didn't understand why we don't want to use a wide angle lens close up on a model or don't understand why we might choose to use soft light or hard light or what the advantages and disadvantages of each one of those are. So I felt good to be able to give them that information and just move them ahead and where they are in their photographic journey and give them the fun of taking pictures in the studio. So that worked out really, really nice. The next one I'm gonna do, we're gonna do this workshop again. We're gonna keep repeating this because it works so good. But I'm also gonna do one, it's gonna be called the Headshot Co-op. The Headshot Co-op, and what we'll do is get six to eight people and they're gonna come for instruction on how to photograph a headshot, how to light it, how to frame it, maybe how to retouch it but how to pose the person and how to really make someone feel comfortable and get a natural expression. It can be a difficult thing and honestly, it's hard to guarantee you're gonna be able to do that with every single person, but there are definitely some techniques you can use that will increase your hit rate on being able to bring out the personality of a person and angles that are flattering to someone. So we're gonna do a workshop on that and what we're gonna do is have these six or eight participants photograph each other. So by the time they leave, a, they have good images for their portfolio. They've got six people in their books so they can start putting something on Instagram or putting up a site to solicit that work. And they're also going to have the experience of being photographed by, different, by the other participants so that they can be photographed by the other participants and say, you know, I don't really like the way this person directs me. I don't want to direct that way. I'm going to direct differently than him because he doesn't really direct in a way that makes me comfortable or they're gonna see how another person directs and they're gonna say, I love the way she directs me. I wanna direct people a little bit the way she does. So give you the experience 
of being on the other side of the camera, which I think is a very valuable thing. Understanding both sides, what it's like for your subject in addition to being the photographer. So I think that workshop is going to go really, really smooth and be really cool. So I'll put a link to the meetup group in the description if you want to check that out and uh, maybe come down to Times Square in New York and take part in that. Definitely going to be worth your time and worth your, worth your money. And as I mentioned to the group, like money is a weird thing because when you take in money, sometimes certain amounts don't seem that valuable. If I take in $100, that doesn't really seem that valuable. But for me, if I have to spend $100, that seems that feels like a lot of money and I'm giving it a lot of thought. Do I want to spend $100 on this when I could take that same money and put it that that's 20% of an iPad or maybe that's one month's Metro card or that's two months of my cell bill or whatever. So when I'm spending the money, $100 feels like a lot of money. So if I'm doing something like a workshop, and in this case we charge 75, but when I'm taking in the money from the people, even though it might not feel like a lot of money coming in to me, I have, because you know, my rent is high and bills and all these other things and things I want to buy cost a lot of money, but I'm thinking of it in terms of what they are spending and how to them it feels like they're spending a lot of money on this workshop. They're putting their trust in me that these three hours are going to be worth the $75 that they're paying. So I have to really knock it out of the park. So every single person walks out and says, like, that was amazing. It was so much fun. Thank you. I learned a lot and I got some good images. So thankfully, that is what happened. It's super important to me that I don't disappoint those people who are spending their money with me. And that goes for all my clients, high level or low level. I think that's the way we should be. So one more thing I wanted to talk about that uh, this is a tricky subject because if I say something right here that sounds a little bit negative, it doesn't come across well. When you say something negative, it sounds like you're hating. And hating does exist. I mean, I, I spoke to a young person and his definition, he was in high school, his definition of hating was if someone works hard to make an album and then you say that album sucks, you're hating on that person. And that was an incredible definition to me because to me it's, a, it's completely wrong, that's nonsense. If I don't like your album, I don't like your album. I don't have to say I like your album just because you spent a lot of time recording it. That's not hating. Hating is when you have envy of something that someone has done. You're envious that they have made a great album and you can't make a great photograph, or you can't make a good book, a great book, or you can't make a great painting, or maybe you can't make a great album. So as a result of that, you hate on what they did, or you're looking for the negative. You're saying, it's a good album, but they're not gonna make any money on it because the music business is dead. You're trying to find something negative about what they have accomplished. That is hating. and. I have never been a hater of anyone. More power to you if you can find any path in any area that is working for you. I'm glad and I'm proud to have helped a lot of people on their path photographically and in other areas. I was an English teacher for, what, 11 years. I helped a lot of students. I'm cool with that. But the tricky thing is, is sometimes you could look at something and have a kind of negative comment about it. Maybe we go back 10 years and you're looking at uh, DVD rentals and you say, this whole industry is going to get destroyed. This whole industry is not sustainable. It's going to fall apart in five years and every DVD renting house is going to be broke. That's not hating. It's 
just a prediction you're making. You're not wanting this to fail. You're just looking at this and saying, I think this is going to fail. So as I say what I'm about to say now about Instagram and certain Instagram accounts, I don't want this to sound like hating, like I'm predicting something bad or that I want something bad to happen. I don't. And I'm just trying to make a prediction just for fun. It's just a podcast. And I'm conscious that no one can really make a prediction. No one predicted mirrorless cameras were going to be this big or iPhones were going to be big or iPads were going to be big. I don't know how to make a prediction. Uh, you know, no one can. But it's fun to try to do it. So it has come to my attention recently that there are Instagram accounts that fall into a certain category. And I hadn't been on the radar with these accounts too much. Now, if you know what an editorial photo shoot is, an editorial photo shoot in a magazine would be a shoot that's maybe it's six pages long. And the images, just six images, uh, 12 images maybe with six pages. And the images are kind of thematically connected. Maybe the story is about red. So on every photograph, there's one picture of the girl on the beach, and there's a picture of her on a boat, and there's a picture of her in a room, and there's a picture of her walking through a park. But the connection is the color red is very prominent in all of those images. Or maybe in the six pages, the color red isn't prominent, but she's always wearing a short skirt. So the images seem to be connected, even though there are elements changing from photograph to photograph. You know, she's at the beach, she's in the water, she's on the boat, she's walking, whatever. There's some kind of connection. It could be the color, it could be the clothing, some kind of connection that makes these images go together and often they call it a story. Like, yeah, we're shooting a story. Uh, the story's called A Taste of Blue or whatever. It has a title sometimes and it's supposed to be a theme. That's what we call an editorial photo spread. I've shot a million of those in my career. There are Instagram accounts that, I, I'm coming up with this term, I am labeling them editorial Instagram accounts. Because what these accounts are, it's the equivalent of having an editorial that is never ending. And for me, these are never ending editorials. That's what these Instagram accounts are. Now all of the accounts that fit into this category have a few elements in common, the ones that I have seen. And I've just become aware of these in like the last month or so. First of all, they all are run by females. I've yet to see one run by a male. I'm sure they exist, but all the ones that I've come across have been on, say, one female blogger, and then she links to another blogger she likes, and then that blogger links to another blogger, and then, so they're linking to other females. So the only ones I've seen are female, but what they have in common is this. They are accounts where it's a female who runs the account, and all of the pictures are her. That's pretty much all she shoots. Now, when she goes to California, maybe she takes a picture of the plane window or she takes the beach or the sunset. But essentially, all of the pictures are taken by her. Usually, there's someone else taking the pictures of her. And it's basically a fashion blog. She's in different clothing all the time. And some of the people who do these accounts are very candid about the process of how they create these accounts, which I think is fantastic. They'll tell you, well, I bring three outfits to me when I walk on Venice so I can photograph in the three outfits. They're not hiding the fact that when they go to Venice Beach and take the picture, it's not really a natural picture. It's something that they're creating. They're thinking about ahead of time. They're bringing the three outfits and taking the pictures. And there are some elements that are very similar in these accounts. They tend to repeat the poses a lot. So 
any model you shoot at best, they've got 10 to 15 poses. That's it. Then they're repeating the same poses until you come in and try to tweak it. And even you as a photographer probably only have a repertoire of 25 poses that you know. So these women who make these accounts, they tend to have a lot of poses that get repeated. Maybe they've got 15 poses, 10 poses. So as you look through the account, you go back month after month after month, you start seeing the same pose showing up in different places on her account. And you will see those same poses on the, the accounts of the female bloggers that she has linked to because they're looking at her account, they're borrowing her poses, she's borrowing their poses. So between the two and three and four and five account, you're starting to see poses that are kind of similar or concepts that are similar. Oh, she's got an ice cream cone and she's looking away with this giant laugh. It's so funny eating an ice cream cone. That's the photo. You'll see it repeat at the angles and things like that. And these accounts tend to focus on one color. And I don't know how they do this. Now, if you're listening to this on iTunes, you're going to have to just listen to the description and maybe you can find some of these accounts. You can always just DM me and I'll be glad to tell you. I'll name some specific accounts and you can see these. I don't want to say the accounts out loud because if I'm saying something that sounds a little negative, I don't want to sound like I'm calling out a specific account with a negative comment. So. I'm not going to name the accounts, but I will show some pictures on the YouTube version of this podcast. So if you're listening on iTunes, check out the YouTube version. You'll see some pictures of what I'm talking about. But one of the things that these accounts have in common is they tend to focus on one color scheme. Basically, all of the pictures have a pink essence to them. They're tinted pink or there's a lot of pink in the photo. Or they are red or they are brown. And I mean... It is amazing to me, I swear, I don't even understand how they do it. I show these accounts to my wife and I say, how does this girl live in, how does this woman, I'm not supposed to say girl, my wife tells me this. How does this woman live in a world that has no blue? Her whole world is just pink. There, there's no blue anywhere, there's no purple, it's all just pink. Or How does this one have everything brown? I don't even understand. Where does she go that everywhere she goes is a brown wall and she's in a brown car and all of her clothing is brown and her hair is brown and there's this brown palette on every photograph, day after day, month after month, picture after picture, the same color scheme. And I don't understand it. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand. And when these bloggers will talk about how to build your following or how to, be, how to create your Instagram or whatever, they will talk about having a consistent color palette. People say this as if, well, of course you want a co consistent color palette. You don't want to be all over the place with the color. But honestly, I don't understand it. I don't understand why would I want to just always shoot everything red? Why would I not want to put some blue in there? How does... It just seems so narrow to me. You're already only photographing yourself, and then you only photograph yourself in brown. But why? Why are we limiting ourselves? Why is that somehow better than being a little bit more diverse? I can't wrap my head around it. And the crazy thing is, the followers, I mean, it's 100,000 followers, 150,000 followers, 170,000 followers of people looking at the same person doing to some degree the same poses in the same color palette. It's exactly what a fashion editorial was, seven pages of images that are thematically linked and link, look connected. 
Except in a fashion magazine, you looked at the six-page editorial, you turn a page, there was a different editorial or something else was there, and next month it was something different. But this is like a never-ending editorial. Every single day, it's as if you're watching the same story, except instead of that story being six pages, which is 12 images, maybe 12 images, you're looking at 600 images over the course of a two years of the same editorial, and I don't understand it. So I'm making a prediction here and it's gonna sound negative, and it's gonna sound like hating, but I promise you I'm not hating on this. I am envious of the number of followers that they get from this, and I'm truly baffled by it. I don't understand it. I have to, I have to respect it. I have to have some respect for it because I can't understand it. But my prediction is, is that these accounts will not be sustainable in the long term. They will not. I look at how people get bored of things like The Walking Dead. It's been on seven years. And everybody, I love the show. I'm waiting for the, the season premiere that comes up very soon. But everybody I know is done with it. They're, oh, I'm sick of it. It's the same thing every week. Oh, they, they lost me when they did whatever. And they're, they're done with it in every show. They're just done with it. You hear about the fatigue of the superhero movies. I mean, Black Panther, everyone loves that. but. You read these articles about how people are just kind of getting tired of the superhero movies and some of these movies come out and they don't do that well because people are tired of it. I look at it, how could I ever get tired of a movie with Batman in it or Superman or Black Panther or anybody, Captain America, I'm never gonna get, I'll go watch this every week, I don't get bored of it. But it seems to me that most people do get bored with it. You look at music artists and artists like Lil Wayne who was just hitting so big three or four years ago. And then after a while, people just get tired of it. Nicki Minaj is probably an even better example where she's putting out songs, singles, appearances. To me, they're fantastic. I love it. And everyone else is just going, eh, you know, I don't really care. And you're saying, this is Nicki. I mean, a few years ago, it was all about Nicki. Everybody loved Nicki. She came out on Monster and a couple of other songs. People just couldn't believe how great it was. And now they're just bored of it. They feel it's repetitive, I guess. They're just not interested in it. And I look at how people do that with something to me that is so great, like The Walking Dead or superhero movies or Nicki Minaj. And I, I look at these Instagram accounts and I say, there has to be a point that the audience just gets sick of this. They're just gonna say, they're, they're gonna go to their Instagram and it's, here's another picture of this person doing the same pose that I saw already in brown again. And it's the same person doing the same pose with the same color palette and the same caption maybe, and they're just gonna say, I can't look at this anymore. I can't like it, I, can't, I, I need to unfollow this. I am so bored of this. So that's my prediction is that right now there are many of what I am calling never-ending editorial Instagram accounts featuring one person, one theme, and it's very repetitive, and these accounts are doing phenomenal. 100,000 followers or more, they're doing great. And I don't think it's fake followers, I'm sure some of them are fake followers, but based on the engagement, the people commenting, they definitely, they, I don't look at that as being fake followers, I look at it as if they're all followers. But my prediction, and again, it's impossible to make predictions, nobody can predict anything, everyone tries, it's just fun. So my prediction is these accounts won't last, the audiences are just too, People just get bored too easy of things that are still great. How could they not get bored of the same subject being presented the same way? So although I look at those accounts at the moment and I'm envious that they can somehow get 100,000 followers just taking the same picture of themselves every week, 
And I'm here photographing different subjects in different situations with different lighting and all these things. And my account is nowhere near as good as theirs. Although I'm envious of that, again, I don't hate them. More power to them for doing what their vision of Instagram. But I do really believe in the long run, what they are doing is not sustainable. The audience will not be there long term for such repetitive content. So that's another of my takes on Instagram. But again, look for the YouTube version. I'm going to have somewhere in the video, I'm going to scroll through some of these accounts so you can see what I'm talking about. You won't think I'm crazy or just making up stuff, okay? Um, follow me on Instagram is probably the best way. John Ricard, J-O-H-N-R-I-C-A-R-D. Message me there if you listen to the podcast. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you like, what you want us to talk about here. And uh, go to YouTube so you can find the meetup group description. And hopefully you'll, in the description of the YouTube video, you'll find the link for the meetup group. Hopefully you'll join it. You come out to the studio and hang out and take some cool pictures with us. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.